Welcome to the Connector Podcast, an ongoing conversation connecting fintechs, banks, and regulators worldwide. Join CEO and founder Cohen van der Hoydonk as you learn more about the latest available trends and solutions in the markets. Welcome to another episode of the Connector Podcast. And today I have a guest dialing in from Amsterdam, Bettina. Tell me a little bit more about yourself. Where do you work? Who are you? Well, technically, I'm dialing in from Paris because even Oops. though this was organized through Amsterdam, <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> I am based in Paris and I didn't speak in Amsterdam. So it is a normal My, my bet, my bet. <laughs> so my name is Bettina. I come from Panama as a fun fact. Uh, I work for Sopra Banking Software mm-hmm. and my role is um, head of market intelligence for our financing products, mm-hmm. which means that basically I keep an eye on the outside world and I bring it into the company for several different things, uh, either to fit into product roadmaps, to build our business plans, our go-to-markets, or even sometimes to bring best practices in our marketing department or other departments. That's me. Um, I have an engineering background and I pretty much enjoy doing this because it's about solving problems, which is my favorite part of my work. Excellent. And And what about Sopra banking? Just a few words on what is Sopra banking. So Sopra banking is one of the pieces of Sopra Stereo Group. Mm -hmm. And we are what we call a software house, which means that we do software for banks. And we do both for retails, which is a B2B, C part, and then we do for specialized finance uh, and more B two B products. But we can discuss that on another call. Or on we- another call, yeah. So- <laughs> I think today we wanted to focus a little bit on buy now, pay later, because I've heard and I've seen it with own eyes that uh, you made a very nice presentation at the banking scene in Amsterdam. Um, so, how did a buy now, pay later transform the banking industry? I don't know if I would call it transform it. And I also think it's quite interesting because we talk about this like a new thing when actually it's just like marketing concept. It's a remarketing concept. Ooh, uh, this has existed since forever. I don't know in Europe, but at least in Latin America, we used to have that a lot in stores where mm-hmm. the store will take the risk on credit. And I will say like you can pay in three, 10 times, 20 times, depending on what you were buying. Um, what it has actually... For me, I will say there are two things that has changed a lot. Uh, one is the expectation of the customer and how to get credit. And this will have a bigger impact outside of buy now, pay later, because buy now, pay later actually happens somewhere between payment and credit, which mm-hmm. is one of the reasons why it grew so fast, so quickly in a period where people needed this liquidity. Because I think in Europe in general, we're not as used to buy things in credit as there are in the United States or, or other countries. Mm-hmm. So it really grew quickly in a very specific point in between payments and credit. And it was kind of a loophole, even though, as we mentioned, it existed before. However, it is really transforming the way people imagine credit. And it is forcing the banks to improve the way they imagine and they translate the customer journey for credit for customers. And I think that is going to be the real lasting impact for users and for the banks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm jumping a little bit around because you mentioned the difference between Europe and the USA and specifically on, on credit behavior. 
But recently, um, I've been reading some articles that uh, buy now, pay later is also being used to buy a coffee, for example. And there's some, yeah, like uh, reflections to be made. Is this is this supposed to be built as a loan thing on buying a coffee? Is that not too small? You, you know what I mean? I think we need to be careful because we have come to a point where because of inflation and because of in different countries, we haven't been able to follow up with the, the amount of money we're paying. Because, of course, there are some countries like Belgium where they force an increase in salaries. I think this hasn't happened in all of the countries. And mm -hmm. we have brought people to that kind of need. Uh, I think it's worrisome because we have mm -hmm. also created a world where because the main driver for and healthy economies growth, we are forcing people to continue spending in things that they might not need. So that is a bit worrisome. Uh, I do not think this is supposed to come to that level because what we are pushing people is to live above their means. Um, even it's not what we're saying because some people will tell you that by now, mm -hmm. but later it's almost a charitable thing <laughs> to allow people to get things that they wouldn't get otherwise. But I think that the underlying problem is really this definition of what a healthy economy is that is built around growth but <laughs> that might be a bit yeah yeah that that, that, that is a, probably a different topic to be discussed about what 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 i hear also as a concern very often is um i mean you're actually giving a credit to somebody so that somebody has to pay something back there's a lot of smaller companies coming in into play fintechs so the question is where do they get the capacity from to pay back if the the customer eventually doesn't repay. That is another tricky one because as of today, a lot of the fintechs, and that's why the reason we saw a lot of busts in the last couple of months or a lot of bad news around buy now, pay later, are financing these two capital raises, which is not the way we should be raising capital uh, or supporting debt, if we're going to call it like that. Mm -hmm. uh, some other companies are, um, what is the word for that? They are selling the debt to other companies, you know, like the, and both of those ways of dealing with the risk is not the best. However, you need to remember that historically the way buy now pay later was monetized was through the seller because it is actually for certain a way of helping the seller sell more. So it's more mm -hmm. about the vendor than the end customer. And it is true that when people do not pay their buy now, pay later credits, it is a big difficulty for the companies that exist. But yeah, at the end of the day, you could wonder what's what's so different between a standard loan, right? If you take a credit, there's also a risk to, for prepayment. I think that the whole idea here is that uh, smaller companies come into play, fintech organizations, and, and they don't have that same bank capacity, in my opinion. So that's, I think, the tricky... Oh. No, no, no. I think there are several things. One is that when you do a proper mm -hmm. credit, you do a proper credit check, which means that technically you know a little bit more about the capacity of the consumer to actually repay what they're doing. And then a financial institution will normally finance themselves with something else than capital, which helps to not get into trouble. Mm -hmm. um, and I think those are very important things. Another problem with my now pay later is that, and this is going to change in the coming months, is that there was no way to know how many buy now pay laters were ongoing for any given customer, which means that on normal credit, when you're in bigger credits, you will 
balance out how much outstanding debt the consumer has. Mm -hmm. But on buying a calculator, you can have 27, and at the end, it's even bigger than some consumer credits. But you wouldn't know because we do not have a record. And because if you don't get any um, origination process, you wouldn't even check for that kind of situations. So, no so it's really the question about over-indebtedness that mm -hmm. comes into play with it's this. No, no possibility to get maxed out somehow. It's uh, oh. You can go deeper and deeper. But I've been really less credit. <laughs> mm -hmm. I've been hearing also companies that uh, have a sort of procedure in place that uh, you only get the second buy now pay later. The first one is repaid. So there's the, there yeah. is a kind of simple check uh, to that extent. So talking about checks, are they like specific regulations that that travel around these uh, buy now pay later? As you might know, in the coming months, the European Union, at least, is trying to regulate buy now, pay later, and is going to move from this void space in between regulations into a credit space, which means that you will have to, A, create more friction in the mm -hmm. when you're showing or giving buy now, pay later to people, so they need to be aware of what they're doing. Because one very sneaky part of buy now, pay later is that it's almost you don't even have to think to get it, which makes people forget what it is. And I Hence like the to, coffee example, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's worse than that. I like to put a, into perspective, I don't know how much of a The Simpsons fan you are, but there is this episode when, <laughs> I'm glad to see that you're a very big fan, but there is this episode when the iPod just came up and then Lisa get an iPod and she doesn't know because she's a child and she gets an iPod and she's like, you have all of the world library of music in your hands and then she's mm -hmm. like buying everything because music and then after a while she gets this massive thing like you own like $5,000 in music. And she's like, but why? How? I don't know. You only told me that I could get music and I was listening to it. And, and I feel by now, pay later has that capacity because it's like, oh, you just click here. Oh, yeah, that's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a, nice, it's a nice comparison, I think, because it, it feels like a candy, right? It feels like an easy escape. But at the end, I mean, if you look at um, what other regulations around loans I mean, they're in big captional letters, like say, be careful, uh, loaning uh, or lending money also costs money. Or so, what is it? Taking a loan also this is, costs this money. This is a credit and you can only take it if you're able to repay it. Be aware there might be interest in the involved. So that's the second thing. It's like There needs to be more friction. People need to be more aware of what it is. And banks and institutions also need to be more aware of doing credit checks and making sure that people are not going into over debt and things like that. And that's one of the reasons and a good thing to push open banking into the mm -hmm. into the scene because open banking allows you to see through the everyday movements in a bank account whether or not a person is already on the edge uh, of a random deadness. Yeah, yeah, it's that, that drive to have a, a sort of 360 view or are we all dreaming about? There's also the notion of the Data Governance Act that also allows or promotes, if you want, uh, more data collaboration amongst entities. It's not necessarily about the banks, but uh, it could be also applicable on the banks. Now, if you if you you earlier described Sopra Banking as a as a software provider, so where do you guys come in in this whole story about buy now pay later? Where can you yeah. add benefits? So we have several places where we can help. Uh, we do uh, support some of the biggest 
buy now pay later companies because we historically are credit companies and some companies always store the buy now pay later within credits. Uh, we also do open banking and we have partners where we use to mm -hmm. this part of credit checking. Um, and of course, we we could probably potentially more than probably help you on an end to our journey. But then that it depends on what you're looking for. <laughs> so I guess that the best advice would be is to contact you, Bettina. Of course, you can <laughs> always contact me for all of your questions about how we can help you solve oh, any of your banking problems. <laughs> oh, nice. Super nice. Um, we're almost at the end of our conversation. Time flies always very fast when you're in a podcast. So maybe one last question for you, Bettina. Are you a user yourself of Buy Now, Pay Later? Hmm, good question. I rarely do it. I mainly use the version on my credit card and it's specifically for traveling. And it is true that it's more because it helped me think that I spend less money. And I'm very glad to only use this within that scope. Because as I said, you need to have a very good financial education to be able to understand what you're doing with this kind of things. And it shouldn't be just about promoting consumption, which is a very tricky one. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually 100% agree what you say there. It's about consuming less instead of consuming more. But that, that again, is a different topic. Bettina, thank you so much for joining us in the Connector podcast. Thank you for having invited me. And always lovely to have these discussions with you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Connector Podcast. To connect and keep up to date with all the latest, head over to www.jointheconnector.com or hit subscribe via your podcast streaming platform.